Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I interview movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. This episode is part one of a four-part series on the United States Parkour Association, USPK for short. I had the chance to speak with all five members of the Transition Board of Directors to discuss a range of topics and questions which we've edited into this series of episodes. This episode introduces the five members of the Transition Board. Each discusses their background and why they are involved and passionate about USPK. But first, would you like to hear more from Movers Mindset more often? Join our free email list, no strings attached. Go to moversmindset.com slash email. Caitlin Pontrella is one of the founding members of United States Parkour and is the chair of the Initial Transition Board. Caitlin is one of the five community leaders that collaborated to create the USPK platform with the goal of building a neutral space to enable cooperation across the national parkour community. Welcome, Caitlin. Thanks for having me, Craig. We're doing a series of podcast interviews with each of the five people who are on the transition board for USPK, and I think it's important that people who are listening first understand who these people are. So some of you know who you are, but I think a lot of people don't know the background. And my first question is, can you just give me some of the highlights of, of where you've worked and what you've done? And in particular, what about your history was sort of the calling that, that made you feel like this national organization is something that we need and something that you want to be part of? So I found parkour about 12 years ago. And at first it was just a hobby. Uh, you know, I was pursuing a career in architecture. I worked for local government. And as I progressed through that, parkour became more important to me, understanding the impact it had on people's lives. Um, and getting deeper involved in the community, I started up the Movement Creative and I ran the the North American Women's Gathering. And what really occurred to me um, as I was getting deeper and deeper in the community was that uh, we really needed a neutral platform for all of our community organizations, leaders, coaches, practitioners, where we can come together and have conversations and, you know, uh, yeah, I exchange think that's ideas. That's an interesting point right there because you wouldn't, one wouldn't necessarily notice that there's a need for that neutral space or neutral platform, whatever exact term you want to use for it. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't notice that we need that neutral area until you start trying to do something with the community. And then you discover that, oh, I have to do everything from scratch and there's no place that I can go to communicate yes, with exactly. other community leaders. So that, yeah. that struck me about your story. That strikes me as one of the things that you had a unique perspective on early on before, well before you got involved with USBK. Yeah, there were some really wonderfully long-established organizations that you know, had generated a lot of resources, have built a lot of insight into best practices when it came to student welfare, building construction, you know, community outreach and inclusion. And so that's why I started the Art of Retreat initially. And one of my long goals with the Art of Retreat was to help facilitate conversations about uh, creating a governance structure in the future. Mm -hmm. And the reason that was so important to me, uh, you know, my work in architecture, for example, I got exposure to the AIA, which is a professional organization in, in that field. And uh, I really could understand the value they offered, um, specifically in, in the capacity for the AIA to build public trust. Mm -hmm. And this is what parkour really needs in the future is a way to uh, build and maintain public trust, not just within parkour, but to parents, to um, municipalities and local governments, to schools, groups that you want to work with. Right. Um, if we have a organization or association we can all affiliate to that sets you know, a professional standard of care, you know, best building practices um, that provides a network of resources, legal, uh, financial, 
you know, we can be much stronger as a community, a much uh, better force uh, for good. And um, I think overall be doing what we do much, much more successfully. I mean, I could go on as to, I think this is. Uh, yeah. The, about, every but... one of those individual things is something that we can unpack further. Yeah, exactly. um, one question that, that springs to mind is, so your exposure to the professional organization for architects, when you first encountered that, I'm going to bet that that wasn't something you thought was super necessary. It's a hoop you had to jump through as part of the job or the education. It's, and then as you begin to draw on it for resources, you start to find it more and more useful. So I think with any professional organization, you, you have this sort of, you know, chicken and egg problem mm -hmm. where why do I need that thing? Oh, well, it's already established. Yeah. So I'm just going to well, go with it. I think it. that we are very culturally conditioned to be independently oriented. Like mm -hmm. have to do it yourself. Don't rely on anyone else. Um, and to be suspicious of, to, to, truthfully, to be suspicious of community, actual like true community Yeah, anybody effort. trying to tell you how to do it? Yeah, and, and that's Enough. not exactly, that's not what a governing body necessarily is trying to do. We're not trying to tell you how to teach your classes, but we yeah. are saying this is like the safety, these are safety procedures you should right. follow. Here's the best way to build equipment possibly, you know, and, and this is not just one or two people, but this is like experts in our community coming together to on this it. neutral platform again right. to, to create a, to get a list of recommendations, uh, right. best practice, practices. And it's, you know, this is at the end of the day, uh, this is, uh, this only works by consent. So, you know, it's not that every person immediately must do these things. It's our right. members become members and say, we will uphold ourselves to these higher standards. And that's that's actually how public trust is created. It's that we're saying that here are these standards this organization has set. Uh, anyone from the outside can look at them. And then as a member, you can hold me to these standards and right. we can hold ourselves to those standards. And that's like, there. I cannot like overstate the value of being able to provide a like a face of legitimacy and trustworthiness to the groups you work with in your communities, the parents, to your students. Um, it's, it's absolutely fundamental to creating like a longstanding, sustainable, healthy community, you know, so. So after the work that you did for the New York City Parks Department, make sure I get yes. right, New York City Parks Department, and the work you did basically in architecture and in that professional capacity, mm -hmm. then you went on to um, Parker Visions was next. Can you just mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about like what your role is there and and like why did that draw you there? Like what's unique about that opportunity that you saw? Absolutely. So presently, I am the executive director of Parkour Visions. It's a nonprofit that's based in Seattle, and uh, one of the big draws. I, I left the movement creative in New York City looking for a new challenge. Uh, and I'd always been particularly interested in helping um, bridge the gap. I mean, even my work with uh, uh, movement creative, getting people increasing access to programs, services, mm -hmm. um, helping people overcome the biggest barrier to participation in fitness, which is always being access, physical access, financial right. access, cultural access. And PKV just, uh, it always had been to me a, you know, a foundational stone in the larger parkour community. It's been around for so long and it had this larger mission to teach, build, share. And I felt that I could bring something really unique to that organization and that community and that like that community in particular um, was uniquely situated to kind of affect that kind of change both locally and nationally in the long mm -hmm. term. Blake Evett is the director of Parkour Generations Americas, and I had a chance to sit down with him in Boston to talk about his role on the board of the United States Parkour Association. Welcome, Blake. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. Blake, in this first episode of the series on U.S. Parkour Association, we're trying to give the listeners a chance to get some context and get to know the individual board members. 
Can you give me some of what brought you from your normal life? What brought you into this role of stepping forward to take a, a leadership role? Yeah, I guess my normal life is is parkour. So this is this is kind of another iteration of it in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Um, I think it's really useful for the community in general to know who's representing us and and where they come from and and why they're there. Um, my background is I'm the director of Parkour Generations Americas and director of Parkour Generations Boston uh, as well. And and my journey for parkour started internationally. I spent a bunch of time overseas training and kind of teaching and meeting with a lot of different communities and organizations and seeing how it was developed in other countries um, and how scenes had kind of started and were in various stages of, of development is a very new sport. It was pretty cool because I got to see a lot of all the way around the spectrum from mm -hmm. brand new to very established and then came back here to the US and and found a very different kind of organizational scene you know, patchwork maybe yeah just... in a lot of ways it was is kind of a lot of different stages all mixed into one because mm -hmm. the u.s is so big right. and, and that was it was amazing but also very daunting mm -hmm. and i think based on how fast things have grown in the u.s there's there's so much potential here for for growth but there's also a lot of potential for disaster <laughs> opportunity too. for disaster <laughs> so i first met you when i came to an american rendezvous and it strikes me having been to a few events it strikes me that american rendezvous is unique in the states in like its potential to draw people not just from within the states but from around the world and i'm i think that if you care to expand on that event i think that that is also an interesting demonstration of your ability to like I want to say think outside the box, but for you to see opportunity and to figure out like, okay, how can we make this vision happen? And that would be a very important skill to apply to something new like a United States Parkour Association. Yeah. I think what our, our mission with American Rendezvous since the very beginning has been to kind of create a, a community space, a, a collaborative space, a, a neutral space where a lot of folks can kind of come together from all different backgrounds and disciplines and, and, uh, different histories or legacies of, of parkour or ADD or free running and, and train together. Um, and that's something that has been integral to the event since the very beginning. And that's something that I think is, is really important in a national governing body, because at the end of the day, if we're going to work together, we have to feel safe. We have to feel right. like we're being, uh, our opinions are being heard and our voices are being heard and we have to feel like it's representative. Right. So I obviously enjoy American Rendezvous. I've been there several times, but the first question that should come to everyone's mind is how does running a successful event connect to being able to be a governing board member of a national governing body? So what's the line that you're asking us to draw there from that event organization success? What, you know, what's the takeaway, the skill? Yeah, I think in in a lot of ways, an event is just kind of like a snapshot um, compared to something that we're looking for for a national governing body. We're looking at years down the line. Yeah, and a living, um, and a, living a living thing too. Yeah, and and what we're trying to build is is really a a, a connection between the different groups here in the U.S. A, a network, and that's what American Rendezvous is about. And it's it doesn't matter kind of that it's. A once a year thing, we're bringing people together from around the world, from around the country for a shared experience. And, and at the end of the day, USPK is bringing people together around our shared passion and our kind of desire to make this into something bigger and mm -hmm. something more legitimate and also something that will endure for the long term. 
Frosty is an owner of Tempest Free Running, and he was the first sponsored American free runner. He's currently the host of Red Bull Art of Motion. Welcome, Frosty. Hey, great to be here, Craig. Frosty, can you give me a couple of thoughts on what drew you into the U.S. parkour project? Well, I've been involved in the parkour community for almost 20 years now, and I've seen it grow and develop, change and evolve so much over that time. And the one thing that has always seemed the most important to me is that the people who are involved in in the sport, who care about it, they should be the ones directing where it goes. And the more that influence comes from outside of the sport, the farther it gets from what I think makes it truly special. Mm -hmm. So when I started to see more and more influence come from outside the sport, I, I was already searching for myself for ways to for like a vehicle to yeah to to create the the kind of culture that I know we've been investing ourselves into that we've been building our community around mm-hmm. um USPK seemed very much like the answer we had all been waiting for something that probably should have happened a long time ago mm-hmm. but when you have all of these people that are so passionate about being involved in something, in participating and, and, and building it, sometimes I think the necessary framework, the sort of like boring nuts and bolts of creating a worldwide movement right. can be less exciting than going out and doing something you love with your friends. Frosty, can you give me some of your background and experiences that brought you to USPK and what about your experiences do you think really applies? When I was 14 years old, I discovered parkour through a martial arts teacher and immediately sunk myself headfirst into it. It connected really deeply with with a lot of things that I was I was searching for and beyond just the escape of movement, I also was drawn to a a sort of blossoming community, mm-hmm. something that didn't exist yet that was was looking for people to create it. And since this was in the pre-YouTube right, days, right. It, it really had a, a wide open field. There was just so much space to, to grow and explore. I've had such incredible opportunities being one of the first sponsored U.S. pro 